Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Kicking It in the Second Half, Kish YZ. I am D, and we're here with episode 37, I believe, and what I'm going to call this episode. We're going to call this episode, You Get What You Get, and that's kind of how I feel about doing this episode right now at the moment, but I want to start off with the big three because I was having conversations. I worked with different people um, as far as the big three. Lakers big three versus the Nets big three and kind of how I've analyzed them in the past and kind of what they're doing now as far as you know people have heard me talk about let's start with the Nets how I said with the Nets in my opinion what I feel like would be a great situation or a great system as far as running their big three last year this year obviously it's not happening with Kyrie but in a sense of where I thought or thinking going forward it would be best during the game outside of the first quarter and the fourth quarter to run sets of two with the big three where you have Harden and Durant or you have Harden and Kyrie or Kyrie and Durant. And you kind of have that in a rotation uh, because it would allow the two that are on the court to kind of be more free with their play style and do what they normally do because it's easier to be out there. And if you're one of the, the big three there and you have just one of the other big three on the court you know if you're Durant it's easier to be like okay I'll defer to Harden for this play and then I'm going to get my shot versus picking and choosing between the other two at the same time like well I did Kyrie last time maybe I should get hard you know that mental that little mental lapse of am I being too selfish or do I just go for mine they can figure it out later am I hurting their feelings like that's what I'm referring to as far as why that rotation in my opinion would help to sustain the Nets as far as scoring and contributing as a big three. That's kind of how I would have it because there's not a lot of depth there. But you consider like if you take out Durant in that situation and Harden's already out there and then you plug in Kyrie, now their dynamic should work the same way. So you keep doing that between the second and third quarter, especially to open up the second half. And then the fourth quarter, you know, maybe the last eight minutes, depending on how, how the score is looking. But when it gets to the last eight minutes of that quarter, then you have all three of them on the court um, because, you know, it gets towards the game. If it's a close game, somebody's got to take the last shot or last few shots. So, you know, you kind of will work that out. But let me put this on pause real quick. Well, this sucks because I don't know where I was at. My camera died. I had to change out the battery. I should have checked before I started this other podcast. So I think I was talking about Kyrie Irving and I don't know to what magnitude I was talking about Kyrie. I think it was, I know I was talking about the uh, big three kind of swapping out the two players and set in sets of two, you know, uh, between pairs and then plugging them in in the fourth quarter. So as far as that dynamic and I was being asked why isn't that working now? The reason why it's not working now is because Kyrie Irving is not playing, obviously. So that's that's the obvious answer to my theory of why it would have worked before. You don't have anybody swapping or rotating out. You have Harden and Durant, and we see them win games. That's what I was mentioning or meaning before is that they can win games as pairs. So you don't have to have all three of them playing at the same time during the game, but you need all three of them for each game because of swapping in and out you know you imagine if Kevin Durant uh you know on tougher games he didn't get tired as much or you know if he had relief and scoring while he was on the bench like you know sometimes see these superstar players they go down 
or they're sitting down just to take a break, you know, the team is greatly impacted in a negative way because they're not on the floor. So that's what I'm saying. If you had all three guys in a rotation of two, then that would certainly help the cause and it'd be even harder to beat. So that's my take on the big three and why, you know, obviously the Brooklyn Nets situation isn't the best situation. Like I said, that doesn't mean they're not winning games. They are winning games. They're just not at peak efficiency for obvious reasons. So moving on to the big three of the Lakers, what's going on with that one? It's the opposite, in my opinion. You need all three of these guys to be on the court at the same time because you need to get a feel for how they're going to play along each other when it comes to the postseason and whatnot. You need LeBron on the court. You need AD on the court. You need Russ to figure out how he fits in with this group of guys. And you're not going to get that if LeBron's hurt or if AD gets hurt or something like that, like we saw last year when they added Drummond to the system and they were trying to acclimate him to the Lakers system and then reacclimate him to the Lakers system when they had AD and LeBron back healthy towards the end of the regular season going into the postseason there. It's just a different dynamic because you have no sense of feel of how to play the game around these other two guys. So for the Lakers, you know, more time on the court is key. And then obviously it's going to take patience, but like LeBron said, it takes, uh, you know, it takes time to get these things worked out, but also you have to have some sense of urgency as far as, you know, figuring it out. You have X amount of games left in the season, but you also have to be making strides in that direction of coming together and each game should be its own learning game. You can't go backwards. You have to go forwards and realize your mistakes and be better at trying to correct those mistakes into great or better habits. So there's two different dynamics going on with each respective team's big three because of their genetic makeup of players and how they play the game. The Nets big three are, you know, very much isolation players. They work really, really great with isolation moves where the Lakers, yeah, you have some guys who can do isolation and LeBron and AD, but they work best as a dynamic. LeBron James works best as a player who can get his shot off, but also make players for guys, especially on the perimeter when he drives and kicks out. Same thing with Russell Westbrook. We don't want to really see him do a lot of isolation games because sometimes that leads to inefficient games. We like to see him drive and kick and contribute in other ways. Anthony Davis, the same way. His isolation game is great, but when he crashes the boards and he plays at the five position, then that's when we see him at his full peak potential most of the time, especially when he has a playmaking guard like Russ with him or LeBron with him or Rondo with him. That helps to make his game even easier. So two different dynamics there. Just wanted to clear that out in case other people were wondering my takes as far as why the uh, big three of the Lakers aren't working and why uh, the dynamic of Katie and Harden isn't necessarily the key to their success for the rest of the, the season. So let's move on for that. Let's also hit up uh, Lonzo Ball. So once again, you get what you get. The Bulls are getting what they got. They Wow, they had a heck of an offseason, and all these pieces that they put on the team with Alex Caruso coming off the bench, his defense is crazy. DeMar DeRozan with his scoring, his scoring numbers are still there, surprisingly, playing alongside Zach Levine. And obviously, Vucevic, you know, looking like he's playing his first full year with Chicago after being uh, 
traded to Chicago from last year's trade deadline. And obviously you have uh, Zach Levine, who's just been there for several NBA seasons now. So, but I wanted to focus on Lonzo Ball because I feel like bold prediction here that Lonzo Ball is about to make his first all-star appearance. This is the Lonzo Ball that I was wanting to see earlier in his career. And like, you know, you hear his dad talk so much hype about him as far as, you know, he was going to be better Steph Curry, blah, blah, blah. I just kind of saw through that, but I did see the potential in his playmaking ability and how he likes to get the ball up to court fast, minimal dribbles as far as fast breaks. Also with the way he plays defense, his defense is underrated at times, in my opinion, in the past, but you were seeing it this year because of the Chicago Bulls defense as a team, as a whole. I love what they got here with uh, Lonzo Ball and how they plugged him in the role that best fits his game. Like this is his game, this is his play style. And I, I don't see why he doesn't have potential here to uh, make the all-star game this year. So we actually might see both Ball brothers in the all-star game in the East. I mean, especially with Ben Simmons not playing because Ben Simmons has always been voted in as an all-star in the guard position. That opens up at least one guard spot right there alone. So. I would think that one of the Ball brothers is definitely going to fill that spot. But Lonzo definitely has the opportunity with the Bulls having the record they're having. Fans are going to vote for the Bulls players. You're going to have three, possibly four, but with Vucevic being hurt, uh, most likely three Bulls players in my prediction with Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and um, Lonzo Ball as three Chicago Bulls players in this year's All-Star game. So that's going to be something to watch out for. I'll probably will plug that in on Twitter. Uh, just my thought after this podcast that Lonzo Ball will make his first All-Star game this year in 2022. So just to keep an eye on that, like I said, Chicago Bulls are doing great things. What are they, number one in the East? Or if not, they should be. So uh, they're, they're already gelling at this stage. So from here on, it's just refining, refining, refining. So outside of injury, they're going to make noise here. They're going to have a chance to go to the NBA finals. And it's going to be scary because Lonzo Ball has grown so much as a player and his mindset of already how to play the game with his knowledge and his passing ability is already there. So it's going to be a scary thing. DeMar, he's hungry. You know, he's out of the West. He's out of LeBron's shadow finally because he was in Toronto and LeBron kept beating up the Raptors when he was in Cleveland and then uh DeRozan gets traded to the West and he's playing with the Spurs and who is in the West outside of Curry LeBron showed back up so now you don't have to worry about Curry you don't have to worry about LeBron you can kind of give get over that hump with the fresh start of you know my my past isn't here to haunt me so to speak theoretically so um the rosen's going to look to make a huge rebound uh in his career here with the chicago bulls and with zach levine still growing as a player still growing his his game and entering his nba prime like this is insane and yeah let's not forget about vucevic even though he's out for the moment that he's just you know always a double double guy just double double thread knows knows how to, uh, you know, play the inside out game. You know, he can shoot threes. Like that's just one of the the underrated, most dynamic big men in the game today. So yeah, shout out to Chicago for real. And um, once again, yeah, shout out to Phoenix as of the making of this video, like I said, in the other episode, 
they are 11 games in a row win streak. That is amazing. Um, that's just amazing. I don't know what else to say about that. I haven't watched too many of their games, but I did watch the last game of them playing Dallas Mavericks the second time. Of course, they didn't have Luka Doncic, but I mean, Phoenix are doing wonderful things there with JaVale McGee, Mikel Bridges. I, I really am high on that guy in general because of I like his uh, his two-way play there, his defense. So you got a lot going on there. They got Landry, Landry Shamit this year, and, you know, he's helping to contribute at the guard spot as well as retaining Cameron Payne. So, you know, Chris Paul is definitely eager to get back to the finals, wants to win a championship, I'm sure, before his career ends. So. He's still playing at that same level that he did last year and basically throughout his whole career. And as long as Devin Booker's getting better, that's only going to help make his job a lot easier. So, yeah, congratulations to Phoenix. Congratulations to the Tavern Geeks. So far, we'll see if this is very much sustainable as far as not winning every single game, but keeping the win columns, you know, good and healthy and stacked up versus your loss. You know, we'll see if they could – get up into the high 60s in the win column this year and uh, and see where they end in the regular season. So, you know, keep an eye on that. And um, just a quick takeaway. So this is a shorter episode. I know it got botched up from my uh, battery dying on my camera there. But just one quick takeaway to kind of sum this up and to kind of segue into this segment, leading off from the Phoenix Suns. Let's do – I don't have a whose man is this for this episode. So let's do Kobe Watch because – I've mentioned this before. I mentioned this last season. Uh, Kobe Watch, the next Kobe players. Um, honorable mention, maybe Brandon Ingram. He's just dealing with injury and stuff. And in the Pelicans organization, I don't know what's going on there. So he's not, you know, most likely going to be an all-star again this season. So like he was a couple seasons ago. So I kind of, I'm going to take him out of the conversation temporarily. But he he has some potential if he can get his footing back under him. But Kobe watch. This is the debate between, for me, between Tatum and Devin Booker. One's on the East, one's on the West. Who is going to be the next Kobe between these two guys as far as their intensity, the way they like to play, the way they like to, you know, put the team on their back, make the big shots at the end of the game, make clutch shots, you know, their footwork, their fadeaways. Like these guys are on point to just score at will. We've seen Devin Booker have big performances. We've seen Jason Tatum have big performances. These guys are both still young and they're not even in their like NBA prime years yet. So that is what's scary. So let's keep them on watch all season long. You know, Tatum is playing big without Jalen Brown and Booker's playing big since coming off the finals run last season. So let's see. The Kobe watch is right here. So like the LeBron watch with his shoes, we're doing a Kobe watch between these two players. You know, put in the comments who you think is closer to Kobe right now uh, this season, for this season, you know, who's definitely getting done. But we'll keep an eye out to see, you know, when they play each other, who has the bigger matchups per se. So that'll be interesting to watch. But, you know, I, I see different parts of Kobe's game with these guys. And obviously they've worked out with Kobe in the past so they you know definitely learned from the maestro himself on different uh techniques of footwork and, and how to score and how to be patient with the game you can see as these players have gotten older and gotten more years under their belt in the nba how the game has slowed down for them a lot and how they can be more patient more defined with their shot making and shot creation it's awesome to see the the passing down of that generation of talent to these newer guys who are embracing it 
and wanting to have that place now who have looked up to Kobe and idolized him and are still putting in the work to be that great and to put themselves on that, that pedestal and have that pressure on them as, uh, as an individual. So I love seeing that in the game. It's what makes the game great. And they're not just trying to be out there and just, you know, be that guy, no matter what the team looks like, as far as wins, they're wanting to make their team better and be better as an individual. So, you know, definitely great to see. So yeah, once again, I apologize for this uh, episode being kind of chopped up like that. I hope I got everything covered where it kind of makes sense um, as far as what I wanted to talk about with this episode. So yeah, once again, thank you for kicking it in the second half. You know, if you're listening to this on Spotify, anchor.fm, it's under KishYZ, KSH, BaseYZ. Uh, if you're watching it on YouTube, you can listen to it there and, you know, vice versa. If you're on Spotify, anchor.fm, check us out on YouTube under KishYZ, KSH, SpaceYZ. And then also check us out on Twitter. You know, you can follow us there on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, TikTok if you'd like to. But uh, TikTok, there's not NBA talk. That's just more of a, of a fashion with the shoes content that we do on YouTube, along with uh, Instagram as well. Uh, under KishYZ at K-I-S-H underscore YZ and then the Twitter under the same handle but the Twitter I do send out tweets more so regards to the NBA and like I said I'll put the Kobe watch on Twitter as well so yeah once again K-I-S-H underscore YZ thank you everybody for kicking in the second half peace and love